welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast. Joining myself, Gareth, and Gareth Barker tonight. Is Gareth and Gareth Barker. <laughs> it's a good start, it's a good start, isn't it? Because <laughs> I was just thinking, shall I do a proper intro? I'll just dive straight into it and then I just can't even speak. Uh, James Hunter from uh, the Evening Chronicle is here. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, we don't need two of me. No, nobody needs, nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. Um, it's just, you know, it's just the reality sets back in, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. All back, hitting, uh, back down to earth with a bump, aren't we? I think, after the performance uh, at the weekend, or the result of the weekend, certainly. Sunderland <coughs> went into the game uh, against Portsmouth to play side, who were unbeaten at home this season, to be fair, in the league. Um, but nine games unbeaten, four clean sheets in a row. I never quite had a good feeling about this one, James. Um, were you surprised he didn't make any changes? He's come across a settled team. I know you've done a bit on that. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, I mean, we look here today on, on Monday and we reflect back on, on that game and losing 2-0 um, and say, well, you know, should he really have made some changes, refresh things um, and what have you? Um, but had they won on Saturday, we wouldn't be having this discussion now. The point is they'd, they'd beaten Tranmere on Wednesday night um, and we wanted to stick with a winning team, I'm, I'm sure. Um, had he have made changes on, on Saturday and then uh, Sunderland lost, people would be saying, well, why did he change your winning team? It's one of those, isn't it? You have to make the judgment before the game, but we're now reviewing it with the benefit of hindsight. But he changed the team at Tranmere. Uh, what was the change he made at Tranmere? Well, he dropped Ozturk and brought Wright in. That's true, yeah. And we'd collect two clean sheets before that, so... Yeah, so it's not an exact science, you know. No, I, I agree. I'm just yeah, it's not an it's not an exact um, exact science, but you know, he, he had to make the call. We're now looking back with the benefit of knowing what the result is. Yeah, of course. I, I feel like we didn't do enough um, social and crack <coughs> and banter at the start of the episode. We've just gone straight into analysis. Good. Didn't even ask James how his journey it. was down to Portsmouth or what his uh, day has been like. <laughs> Commenting how cold <laughs> it is outside and windy. Boring for people, isn't it? Let's uh, be honest. No, that's not a That's not so, a ticket, James. It's so, just general. It's boring. Boring. Well, what you've been my, up to, Jim? My journey was quite boring, really. It wasn't. Certainly wasn't as go. interesting as, as Phil Smith's, you know. But uh, oh, you have now. You're gonna have to fill us in on that. Well, Phil's train was cancelled, so he had a bit of a scramble to to get another train. Whereas, boringly, everything went according to timetable for me. <laughs> that's just a standard journey, though, isn't it? Your train getting cancelled, then you have to scramble for another one. But I will in th- England. Yeah, but I will. But I will tell you that uh, it looked like my laptop had gone kaput. Uh, before the game and that would have been quite interesting I was going to have to write everything on my phone but thankfully yeah. after two hours I managed to get it up and running about 20 minutes into the game it's happened to me before my laptop's died on it. yeah well, let's hope that's just a note back great. to people at Chronicle Towers if anyone wants to get me a new laptop <laughs> let's just let's hope this doesn't uh, this laptop doesn't go off during this and it has done Maybe. before it has done before did you say this is what's happened now you wanted to do this thing like this, haha! Look at this! Like, look at us being normal people. It's quite dull, isn't it? Really? Let's be no, honest. no. This is you just easy listener into the show by doing that. Social listening, the pressing sociability on air. Off, it's called off button and just listen to a different podcast. No, no. On your script there, it says banter. Yeah. Banter, yeah. yeah. The Remember that? And he used to say that. We used to write that on the script for the into the light for a, doing <laughs> some ba- like. Insert banter. banter here. Insert banter. Yeah, they wanted us to have a section for banter. Um, yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah. They wanted us to have a section <laughs> for banter. But yeah, obviously they, we were involved, so it was impossible. Um, the game. You said back down to earth with a bump. I, it wasn't really like that for me. I expected to lose. If that was, if, Is that what you mean? Well, no, not so much that. I just... I think people were overstating 
things slightly and underestimating how difficult it still is to, for us to achieve what the, the what we've set out to achieve, which is automatic promotion. We look um, like we're back where we were when. It's te- we need to win. We need to. We when, need to win. After that, um, I think it was a Lincoln game. Did make the point that we needed to win probably fifteen of twenty-one games. I would say, you know, now looking at it, we're probably looking at ten from sixteen to give ourselves a realistic chance of automatic promotion. That's a lot of wins. But these next couple of games are still going to tell us because we we did we looked at this group of fixtures, didn't we? And I think we're not arrogant enough or or naive enough to think that Sunderland probably weren't going to lose one of those games. Certainly, Portsmouth and Oxford away from home. It's now it's came in the first challenge, so you're now. Well, you're, you're I would argue. Now, I would argue the first challenge was almost the the warm up game for the the challenging fixtures was the Doncaster game, in which we failed, and then we failed again at the weekend. The positive thing is Ipswich. Psychologically, you're probably thinking, well, we've just lost to Rotherham and we've lost to Peterborough. We drew with Wickham. Got good thumping as well at all. Yeah, paper, did the draw with Oxford? I can't remember, but that they'll be probably thinking, "Oh, now we've got Sunderland away. We, if we're serious about going up, we need to make a statement ourselves and prove that we can beat the teams around us." Um, we're kind of in a similar situation, but we know if we beat Ipswich at home at the weekend, and our home record's good, we go above them on goal difference. So, you know, we've got we've got that and Wickham got beaten again at the weekend they've only got 50 points we're only 5 points off but there's other teams with the game in hand on us Wickham aren't yeah. going to be there but the thing is that, but this is a really interesting thing that people get saying about Wickham won't be around the playoffs or, or, or won't no, be no, the, but I'm just saying it but, but people are saying that well Wickham will just like drop out of it completely logically that doesn't make sense because for Wickham to drop out of it completely and for us to like gain the, the, you're making an assumption that other teams are going to do either better or worse it, it's like like logically I think Wickham will, will be in that we will be in that top six I they'll probably be only the top need six. Another, probably just, only need another 18 points threat, to get in the, the top, top six two. I mean it seems like we're back to where we were before Parkinson come in aside you look at the team and you think I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs personally because the league is that weak and we've we've shown what can happen if you put a little run together because we were after that terrible run under Parkinson initially and it's kind of where we were with Ross where you just think we'll be in the playoffs have we quite got enough quality to get in the top two um but it, the, the, the weekend <coughs> result just makes me doubt that even more it's, I don't think it's I don't think it's even about the quality issue I think it's it I don't think looking at the league you know what I've seen quality I just mean as a team, to get the, to no, get you, the right results. to get the to get the results in the in the games, and that's but that was the issue last year. The group of better players in a better division, and we're kind of finding the same the same problems again. When when the and I know people talk about the Wigan game, say, "Oh yeah, we beat them four 0 Yeah, but they you know they, they've been beaten by everybody in the top six and near enough apart from Ipswich quite comfortably. Um, so you I know, think what it what it shows is um, is that. There's still quite a way to go, isn't there? There's 16, 16 games left. Um, and I think Phil Parkinson's now been in charge for 17 games. I mean, look how things have, have swung in that time. We had the you know the terrible start that he made and then the really good spell since since Christmas. Um, so when, when you look at it, you think, well, there's another 16 games to go. There's, there's lots of time for 
twists and turns to come yet. There's nobody like Luton did last season that's hitting form now and kept it up till the end Rother, of the season. I guess, got, that's... I guess Rotherham yeah, have because they were they were sixteenth <clears throat> when we played them. Yeah, I can't even remember how long ago that was. It you feels know, a long time ago. And we yeah. obviously had the chance to go two 0 up and missed a penalty. But you know they've gone storming up the top, so you could argue they've gone better yeah. than Luton really because Luton were about seventh, I think, when when then they got on their run. Um, <clears throat> but it, you know it's up for it's, it is up for grabs. And what we also haven't seen yet, of course, is is the real impact of the of the January signings. I mean, we've we've only seen Bailey Wright really for any period of time, you know, and he's only had a, a couple of starts. So, you know, we, we yet to see how. Josh Scowen and Kyle Lafferty when he gets starting games, you know, how these players... Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to see when he's going to put them in because I, this, I know you said it's hindsight, James, but I'm going back to when I looked at the team selection, I saw he was playing, saw he was playing with the same team and I thought, midweek, that picture tram here, I saw he, you're bringing these players in to play, surely, and the midfield change would have been mine because you get new players coming in as well and they will be dying to play because it's a new environment, fresh start for me, and sometimes you just think... Put them in, especially midfield. You know the kind of player Scowen is. That was my main surprise. We're not obviously going to put it all all down onto that, but I just well the, the I, right the right one's the interesting one because you know we're talking about players not playing because they haven't been they're not fit or whatever, and then he plays a full game at the weekend, and then he's starting again two days later. Yep, in you know probably the biggest game in months, and he was miles off it. Um, and that's not necessarily his fault. I mean, I'm not sure what Ozturk seems to have done. I mean, every every manager does this to him, and it's really harsh. I think, like the way he's being treated by you know, Jack, at the end of last season, he was great. Probably our best centre back start to season, completely out of the picture when we're playing with three centre backs. Manages to work his way back into the team, becomes a staple of that back line. Not doesn't really put a foot wrong. And then he's dropped from the squad completely, and he—it's just weird. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I take your point. It took everybody uh, by surprise. Not so much that that he was left out of the team, although you know that that nobody had quite seen that coming. But that he, he dropped out of the picture all altogether. I don't think anybody was expecting that. You you might have thought that he would have been on the bench, but possibly by putting Tom Flanagan on there, he's got somebody that can cover yeah. two of those positions in the uh, in the back three rather than right. Ozturk, who can only really play in the centre. I agree. I agree. So it's more a, a case of the flexibility. You can, you're only really likely to pick one central defender amongst your subs, so you have to try and use the, use yeah. the one that's going to cover the yeah. most positions. I understand the logic. I just think it's... You know, if we're saying, you know, Bailey rides better than Ozturk, that's fine. But he's clearly not fit. You know, Lafferty's coming, he's not fit. Semenyo's not kicked the ball. I guess at least um, Scone's been playing semi-regularly. Um, I mean, Declan John, I think he's been playing primarily under-23s football this season. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's been able to get in that team, so... I'm not saying in January you're going to be able to sign a lot of players from teams who are playing regularly, but we, it was this this idea of long term, and you know it all feels very short term at the moment. And you know the players are brought in, you know they are short term acquisitions essentially. You know a lot of the most of the deals are to the summer on loan, and. If they're not fit to play now, 
and we've got 16 games left. We're not in any other cup competition. You know, when are we when are we going to see when are we going to see them? He doesn't like to make substitutions. Clearly, he likes to keep that same group. It's almost like if you come here and you're not starting, well, you're not going to get you're not going to get on unless someone gets injured until the very end of the game. So. Yeah, it's a is bit it too like for like as well? We had this discussion. Well, it, we, it, it is. He has doubled down on planning. Because you, you mentioned players not being in the squad <coughs> there. And it, I could kind of understand Will Grigg not being in the squad when he had McNutley on the bench. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I cannot understand why a manager wouldn't be prepared when you side, certainly when you're losing 2 0, and then you're uh, under the cost the way we were in the second half, to have a substitute where you can say, well, let's massively change things up here. And, and go to a plan B and try something different and maybe put two up top or have Greg um, trying to work his way in a different way. It amazes me that a manager wouldn't try and do that. Well, where would you fit him into to that, that system? Well, you would have to change the system. Well, that's what I'm it saying. took us two. It, we've written off two months of the season to get you've one gotta, system. You've got to have to have a plan so B. So it's not going to be two. No, but not a two. Not a, not a plan B, like a... a a backup system where you say right I might play like this one week of course not you, you want you, you, you train with your players and get them to play in a certain way but when you're chasing the game to just ask a different question to try something different I mean that's just it's just basics that rather than just say I'm going to replace him with the same kind of player him with the same kind of player when you're getting battered like we were in the second half I mean the, the, the second half was really dreadful and the you know, to be fair, the players have had that game on the Wednesday, which definitely would have affected them. Um, but it was, I mean, the first, I thought the first half, I thought we were probably edged it in terms of the actual play. I know they had the better chances. Um, but in terms of the actual, you know, the way we went about the game, I thought we were, looked hungrier and, and we, were, we were winning all the second balls. Um, let ourselves down with the set pieces, um, and then I thought, well, you know, it's not all's not lost here. Like we probably, if we keep this going second half, you know, we'll get back into the game. And we just came out, and I don't think we had a passage of play in their half in the second half, um, and we just let them. You know, they had one corner. So this is what you're doing. You, you, the you first corner of the game that they had this score. So you're encouraged from. by making changes then and that, that it's like for like. You're encouraging the opposition to just keep doing what they're doing because it's working. Oh, yeah. And unless a, a change of personnel is massively going to change things, which is unlikely, unless you bring a superstar on, you change it. Yeah. Just take mean, a defender off, <laughs> go to go to fourth at the back, put a, an extra striker on and just, just ask different questions. You might consider another goal and... I'm not. I'm not saying you know football isn't that easy. Where you just say let's do this and we'll, we'll definitely get back into the game. But you're you, you, you're trying something different. I, I can't for the life of me work out why why Greg wouldn't be on the bench. Yeah, I mean there's a variety. I mean when he took Hume off, I thought that was the right change. But I thought he put Lynch to the left side, and he he just stuck to the same system mm-hmm. and put Gooch to left wing back. Exactly. So and it was just a bit well, and then. I don't know what's going on with Watmore like. I mean, dear me, he looks miles away. And then Semenyo looked like he was yards off the pace as well. Not going to have a go at him, like because he's just he's only met them yesterday. But he seemed like he was not up to the pace of the game at all. Um, <clears throat> and he looks like a player where when you see he's like one of those where on YouTube when you see the boiled down bits, he looks like a player who can run with the ball and he has got a trick. But 
his record suggests he's not going to do it that regularly. Um, <clears throat> so you just got to, you know, there's some gambles being taken, and scoring you could argue is probably the the safe choice of the, the players they've brought in, um, due to the fact that he's been playing regularly in the championship, um, and it was definitely an area we need to improve in. The rest of them um, necessary, but it's a question of. Did we need necessity? Was it a necessity that we brought bodies in, or was it a necessity that we brought people in who were going to absolutely improve the squad? Um, we well, that's what we were led to believe he was going to do. He yeah. was going to use the window for that. That it's was always the early. message. That was always the line. He's going to bring in the kind of player he wants to bring in. Well, it's, too early, it's too early to tell. Yeah, I, th- I think he's improved the squad, hasn't he? You know, if you look at, at the, the players that have gone out, the four that have gone out, and the, that includes Lee Connolly, obviously. So let's put him to one side. The three that have, that have gone out and the and the five that have come in, you know, I think that that you know you'd say that he has improved the squad. I mean, Dylan McGee was getting nowhere near the the team, not even getting on the bench, and so you've brought in Scowan instead of him, you know, for for a start. Um, we we knew that they needed an extra striker, so Lafferty's Lafferty's arrived there as as a backup for Charlie Charlie White. Um, in the nick of time, by the look of it, if uh, if his shoulder injury, you know, turns out to be were, serious, I thought they were saying it wasn't. There wasn't anything in it, but in the shoulder injury, I thought they were saying there was. He seemed all right after, but he's having a scan on it tomorrow, is he? So that suggests that there's obviously something, something that they're worried on. about. So, um, you know, until we find out tomorrow what the results of, of that is, but there's obviously something that needs investigating. Um, so yeah, you know, and then Semenyo is really the way that things have panned out more of a replacement for McNulty really who hadn't really got much of a a kick really I wasn't really keen on him to be honest you know, I thought he did okay in the early part of the season but once he, he was out of the team uh, I don't know he, he didn't seem to have the desire to get back in did he I don't know about the desire I wouldn't I wouldn't mm. I wouldn't say that I'd just say that, that he didn't seem to be in the time he wasn't playing he just didn't seem to be um, Parkinson's man really I felt a bit like he was there was an entitlement there with him that I'm coming on loan, so when you get, I think some the problem is with players like that. You know, there was talk sort of privately from certain people that maybe the reason he signed for he, he was basically saying like I'll come if I'm if I'm going to get games. And as soon as the player says stuff like that, it's just like, but this is it's how dangerous. The, like, but, but this is as how, soon as they don't get in, works, but it? as soon as they don't get in, yeah. But but this this is how how loans work, isn't it? How many times do we talk about? Ethan Robson or Elliot Embleton going to Grimsby to get first team experience. They're not sending them there for them to sit on the bench. You know they can sit on the bench here. You know they want them to be out there playing. We look at we look and say, well, we'll send a player down to a division below so that they get some experience in games. I guess you know that's what Reading are looking looking at Sunderland. Well, we'll send him yeah. to Sunderland to go and, to go and get and games. Fair, and they want him to be playing. McNulty is not a player who's. I mean, he did all right in Scotland. But Coventry did well. Yeah, but yeah, that was a, that was League Two. Yeah. So yeah. he's not really played regularly, and yeah. I know he had spells but, at certain. But people clubs are doing to really are doing anything. to Sunderland what Sunderland do to do to teams in League Two. They send yeah. they send you their players, you you know, and, and want you to play them in their first team. And if they're not getting games, then then they recall mm-hmm. them. Well, I'm not I'm not too fussed about that one, but I, I agree no, with I'm you. Just on, on, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. The but I, 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 you know the whole. 
you know, there's a lot of talk about now. Like the, as weeks pass by, Ethan Robson by the end of the season, he's going to be Xavi. You know, the way people are going on, it's like just because he's not playing, it's like he's getting better and better. It's like well, when he's played for us, he's been, you know, he had like one good game in the championship, I think, and then he had a good game in the checker trade for us last year. And the rest of the time, he's been pretty anonymous when he's played. And I was reading some stuff from some Grimsby fans who were saying he was going missing in games in League Two, so I get the desire to get him into the team because he's local and he's been around a long time and people want to see him given a chance, that's fine, but he's not going to be better than Max Power and he's not better than George Dobson and he's not going to be better than, than uh, you know, Scowan, obviously, who's been playing at a higher level than all of them. So He, he would argue you don't know that until they give him a run of games. Oh, you're one. right, but we can't be... We're not in a position where we can start giving people runs of games to see what happens. We've we've given ourselves no. Say we've written off two months of the season to get a plan A in place, and now we're going to have to go with plan A to the end of the season and hope it works to get promoted. And that that's where we are, and we, you know that's why it frustrates me when you know people and there's a lot of talk after the game. Like, you know people shouldn't get on the backs and they've had this like little good run and. You know, it's a tough game going to Portsmouth. Yeah, I get that, but you've created the pressure and you've created the problem by writing off two months of the season to be able to put a competent team together and you've sacrificed points at, you know, average, below average teams. Um, and that's what we've done. Um, and now, now we're paying the price because you beat Gillingham, you beat Bolton, you beat Shrewsbury, um, you know, one of those sorts of teams... Um, you know, you you give yourselves more of a chance now. We have three more points now, say, because we beat one of those teams. Um, certainly, you know, be it, look, four it looks points brighter. It looks the ball, the four points dropped against Bolton. Well, yeah, and that one of those was Jack Ross as well. To be fair, um, <clears throat> but it's just a you know, we we haven't got time for to be sort of philosophical about where we are now, and because it. it We've put so much pressure on ourselves. It doesn't. It's win at all cost now. It doesn't. The you know it doesn't matter. You know, and like the last few games, performances have not been great. We've created fewer chances. We've scored two goals across the last four games. You know, we had that little bit, little like really, you know, positive chunk in the middle there where we've gone and played really well and battered some teams. If you're not going to play bad, if you're going to play badly. You got to try and grind the results out like we did at Tranmere and to an extent MK Dons. Um, but then when you play good teams and if you don't play at your levels, you're going to lose. So, and that's what we found. That's what we found out. We, you know, Doncaster was a struggle, and then as soon as we've played Portsmouth, who, like you've pointed out, Stephen, yeah, you shouldn't just like can't go in too hard because like their record's excellent at the moment and they're in, they're banging form. Better form than us going into the game and we've we've created a situation where that game becomes you can't lose it. You can't lose the game. And we have. So you know, are we are we flat track bullies? I mean is that is that basically our I think, uh, are we just gonna like the form going into it allows them some benefit of the doubt I think you've no, got no, it, I'm not, and, I'm you've not got it, and you've got it um, I'm not criticising the upturn or some wanna, of the stuff we, that's happened I'm we need a reaction that, Roy yeah. Keane would have said I'm expecting a reaction from them wouldn't he that yeah. was the phrase he used to I think that's going to be that's going to be the thing isn't it you know we've seen this this good run of, of results really post Boxing Day when things were at the most bleak um, and the question is is this 
Portsmouth defeat is this, you know, an aberration in the middle of, of a period of good results or is it, you know, the start of a wobble? And, and we won't know that until, you know, we see how things go this Saturday or Saturday and then Tuesday and, and so on. So we're still unsure. But there's no reason to think after one result that, uh, you know, everything that's been achieved over the last six weeks has started to fall away. No, I, I, I agree. I like, and that that's my point. Is I'm not yeah. saying it's going to be the start of a wobble. It's more that good form at the end of the season isn't going yeah. to be enough. Yeah. So you can say, well, it's been good, but good isn't good enough now. It has to be exceptional to recover the ground that they've lost but between think, November and January. But I think if you look at it as as well, though, Gareth, you, you know, there they are, five points away from the automatic promotion places. They've got games in hand of the, of the top two, and they've still got the top two to play as well so you've got games there where you can really put pressure on now yes I know Portsmouth have got a game in hand of Sunderland and I think uh, Coventry Oxford have, have, Coventry is it, have. Is Oxford or Coventry? so they've got two in hand yeah. on the top so, so there are so there are team, teams around Sunderland that also have games in hand but you can't do anything about that all you can do is make your games in oh, hand yeah. of the, the top two count uh, you know Sunderland have got Coventry to play yet you know and Oxford yeah. um, so it's in, I say it's in Sunderland's hands. I don't mean it quite like that because we're far too far out to start talking that way. What I mean is it, Sunderland have the opportunity to, you know, claw back yeah. these or some of these games in hand against these clubs and and, and make them count. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What, what needs to change significantly from this this game going forward? Like you can't, you can't, you can't just write any defeat off and put it down. The, the opposition's good form. You've got to learn, haven't you? You've got to. Make slight changes, not sweeping changes for like systems and formations and stuff. But what did they not do well enough? They Defend away, balls into the box. They gave away too many free kicks, and um, they, you know, didn't defend set pieces properly. Um, you know, they've they've done pretty well at defending set pieces in recent games, but they came up against a guy in in uh, Ronan Curtis. Keep calling him Ronan Keating. I've got to stop that. <laughs> Ronan Curtis. Although I'm sure Ronan Keating set pieces are pretty good as well. But Ronan Curtis, who uh, you know, who, who takes a very very good set piece, and if you don't, then if if you've got a guy that that takes very good set pieces, and then you've got defenders that weren't picking up their men in the penalty area, then you're going to concede goals, and that's what happened to them. They it got is. they got they got a warning before the goal went in, um, and then. You know, they, they got punished it's twice ba- after It's that. baffling, though, that they defended so well and then it can be something as simplistic as not picking up your man in the box. Well, that's just, just, that's well, just well, not reflective of, well. of, a, of, a, of a confident defence. It was Willis who lost his man twice for the goal. But, yeah. you know, the and he's the one you'd rely on. But, you know, they were, you know, they were winning every header in the penalty area. They were winning every first ball in the penalty area. As they do. You can't. Portsmouth. But you can't. You've got to do, you've got to do more there. You know, I'm sure you know that's a, the cliche, but they'll, they'll be frustrated with themselves for letting them. You know, we've we've lost a game from two set pieces. Um, we haven't lost it in open, like in open, you know, play situations. Even though they, they could have scored, but you know, in the first half, obviously we hit the post with that shot from 9 and then penalty shout. Oh, it was an absolute blatant stormwall penalty that one on Maguire, where he's absolutely he's just tripped them over and shoved. He's literally it's like when. 
you're a kid and you like think it's funny and you put your leg round to the front of someone and push them over your leg. It was like that. It looked a penalty to to me in real time. Then I saw the EFL show guys and they basically laughed it out and said that Maguire, you know, will be embarrassed by it. But but I didn't see it that way. To me, it looked like a, really? a decent shout for for a penalty. But it was a stonewall penalty. Yeah. Just went straight through the back and tripped them over. I don't I don't really get how that couldn't in any game of football yeah. be a penalty. Um, but it, I mean, ultimately, we had still had the chip. We were still in the game at half time, and we, yeah. we lost it in the second half. I think it's conceding so quickly after half time that's the killer, isn't it? I think you know when you when you concede within five minutes of the the start of the second half, you know that. So why does it? So why does it take till twenty minutes to 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 do to do something about it? Why do you think that? Why do you think that is? We had this against Doncaster as well. Great source of frustration watching. I'm looking at the bench. Fifty-five minutes. Nobody's out the dugout for five, five, ten minutes to warm up. Not one substitute. So it's obviously not in the mind that they're going to make a change at that stage. It's it's a bit strange to me. Well, they were already forced into one change, weren't they, at half time with Lafferty on. So the question is, where do you go and where do you go next? You know what. what the only other change then is is to bring on attacking changes to bring on Semenyo. How fit is he? Can he, you know, can he play much more than than he did? And I don't know the answer to that question, but you know that that might be one possible explanation. I would have brought Semenyo on just because he might have done something. You know, he looks like the kind of player who might do something a bit different. Explosive. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's why I brought him on. Not because he would have fit into the, got us into the game, but on his own as an individual, maybe he'd have, you know dropped his shoulder, gone past someone, mm-hmm. lifted people a bit. But that didn't happen. I mean, Gucci has been since MK Dons, he hasn't been great. Maguire's been a bit iffy, um, and you know, Wyke. I mean, I wasn't particularly impressed with him against Tramway, and he scored. But I mean, he's a non-goal scorer and centre forward for Sunderland. You know, he, and I thought his, yeah, I thought his, like I, I know the lads on the reac- on the reaction said that they thought well, he had a decent first half. I disagree. I thought he was poor. I thought he, the ball doesn't stick to him. His first touch, you know, goes, you know, for a throw-in. Um, he doesn't come. He doesn't win any anything in the air. Um, you know, he, I think he lost every aerial duel in the game that he competed in. And yeah, he had that little moment where he <clears throat> sort of had that shot, which was a good effort. But yeah. he's he's not that that's unusual for him. I was trying to think of the goals he scored this season in the league for us, and I think every one's been from a cross. Can't remember terrible yeah. things like that. Every I think everyone I think he scored three or four league goals for us this season. Burton was from a cross. Sorry, um, no, not Burton. I can't Ipswich. Remember. No, he didn't score against Did Ipswich. No, no. I'm yes. trying to think where he's where he scored that corner like that near post corner where he kinda of came across the front and volleyed it in. I remember that. <laughs> I don't know, this is great, isn't it? No, it was a good it was a good goal. Um It was a set piece, wasn't it? Tram yeah, and yeah, set piece of Tramir and then the Lincoln was a <clears throat> like a tap in from the kind of cut back. He did score at Ipswich. That was Blackpool. Blackpool was uh, he scored White scored at Ipswich. No, it was Gooch oh, scored it. No, no. Every, yeah, yeah. He's got. He he's our top <laughs> scorer. I'm saying like, but every goal I think White scores okay, has been from so across this season. Right. So okay. that's something Parkinson identified when he came in, didn't it? White's goal record is 
has gone from crosses where you get more of them in the box. But he's only he's only scored three. And then we didn't. Three get, and then we November, didn't, And then, then we just hoofed the ball forward and he's didn't been trying cross yeah. it at all for a few games. He's been yeah. playing most games and he hasn't. You know, he hasn't contributed with goals, and that's fine if you bring another people in. But when you stop doing that and you're not scoring them, if you're not holding the ball up, you're not winning, doing dirty work for the people. You're not scoring goals. Then you know you, you you're an irrelevant in the team, and you need you need to come out and somebody else needs to come in and do it better. Um, maybe Lafferty will get that chance now, but again he's somebody who's not been playing, so it's going to be a lot on him. Greg comes back in the picture, obviously. Greg will come onto the bench, you'd imagine. I think it'll be interesting to see what what they do this this weekend. I mean, it's my if it was down to me, my my thought would be to use the Portsmouth game as a bit of a um, a watershed and make some changes uh, this weekend to freshen things up a little bit. You know, maybe take a couple of players out of the team that have looked jaded in recent games. I mean, Lyndon Gooch has been really important for Sunderland and he's got that um, kind of McGeady trick about him in that he can produce a, you know an unbelievable moment like he did at MK Dons. You know, some left foot, top corner, outside the box. So he's, he's got that in him too. But he has looked a little bit off the pace. So has Maguire at, at times. And just in these last two or three games, um, I think, you know, Power and, and Dobson have been phenomenal during this run. But just in the last couple of games, they've just dropped mm. a, a notch. Now, I would be I would be inclined to, to just freshen things up a little bit, having brought these players in in, yeah. in January. Um whether Phil Parkinson will do that, I'm not I sure. To. I get the impression that, I get the impression that, that he'll try to avoid doing it. I think there'll be I think there'll be I think there'll be um you know, room for a change at centre centre forward if Charlie White uh, you know does have a, a problem with his shoulder. I think there'll be room for a defensive change if Joel Lynch isn't isn't quite right. Well, he, I, I, Lynch won't be playing. My my, my issue my you issue You wouldn't think so, but but with a concussion. How many is it a week? It's six days, so he, he's eligible after for the concussion. It's more the more the rib injury that's gonna be the, the problem, I yeah. think. Um rather than rather than the concussion. If if he does miss out it would be the rib rather than that. But I just think that um my feeling is that Parkinson will try and keep it, you know, reasonably, reasonably similar to to before. He'll he'll take the view that um, they've got a full week between Portsmouth and uh, and this next game coming up against Ipswich. So it's it's not as though there's my, a midweek game in the middle of it. But then they play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and that's where I think he might freshen it up. My my, con- my issue with with him not making any changes. I'm not suggesting. Um, he should make sweeping changes or anything like that. But is that it's almost like you say, No, I'm just gonna to continue to pick this team. After you've brought players in, it just doesn't send out a good message. It's almost like there's no consequences for losing the game. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it the same. And despite these players who I'm bringing in not as back up to go into the first team, I'm not gonna put them in. Um, even though we know he won't change his system or anything like that, and these players should be able to slot into the team like for like. It's the message is no I'm 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 not gonna um change things even though we've lost and I'm not going to put some of these players I brought in into the side I just think it sends out a bad message I think uh, there's got to be well, it's a message that, that some one concept, defeat doesn't got, cause me to no, tear no, up my team no, I see that's that the, that's the I, message I, I, I do I do understand that but I think but if you create, it, it suggests there's no consequences whatsoever for <clears throat> for losing a game we and need when, scapegoats bring no, us no, no, not, bring me the head of <laughs> George <laughs> Dobson 
It's just well, uh, George Dobson's it's, it's, got it's, nine bookings. He's, he's, got, he's going to have a two-game two break pretty soon. It's yeah. because... It's, he plays it's, at the weekend. It's, it's, not about, the next two. it's not about scapegoats. It's because it's of the timing of when he's brought these players in. So he's brought these players in in the transfer window mm-hmm. who should be able to go to the side. That is the message I will be giving the players and the fans. Look, I've brought these guys in now. And if you're going to lose a game and you're going to play, you know, it was really, really bad second half, and you're going to play like that, you will be replaced. That, that, that is, you know, that is the way I would look at it. For me, it's just you've got to create the mentality that just because you're not in the team one week doesn't mean you're gonna, not going to be in it the next either. It's, it's horses for courses sometimes, and you need to freshen things up, and you need to give people a chance to play it, you know, to play it to their optimum. Um, when they do play and at the moment I don't feel as though he's given the players the opportunity to play to the potential because you know they're all they've been overused and it is and some people might say well we haven't played cup games or whatever so you should be able to play week in week out yeah that's fine but he's not been making substitutions in the game either so he's, there's been players there who are playing you know 95 minutes a week with it, you know, every week, they're not getting a, they're not getting a rest, and like mentally, um, you know, to play that intensity every time, especially mm-hmm. you know Wednesday to to Saturday as, as the situation was. I mean, it couldn't have been a worse. Yeah, and you see in the new signings, it's almost like I, I don't quite trust you to put you in the team. I've brought you in. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to put you in. That that's you know maybe. I don't know. I mean, I mean, we're assuming. Only, or, I mean, scorns only be over two games. Yeah, you, you, you're assuming that the guys have come in and they're all 100 percent match fit and they're all ready to go straight into the team. That they they just you know they were brought in and they were in peak condition and they just had to be put in the team. They were just you know interchangeable. And I don't think that's that's the case. You know, he needed a bit of time to work with some of these players. I mean, two of the two of them only arrived on deadline day. On it's you know, scouting really. I'm. I'm, I'm I'm thinking, and and even Lafferty to next. I mean, like you say, Lafferty's probably going to have to play now anyway. Yeah. But um, those but, those were the two certainly at the weekend. But, I would have been thinking. But about. like I say, I would be inclined to possibly make a change or two on Saturday. I think that Parkinson, just looking at how how he tends to operate, he'll look at this next three games as a block. He'll look at um, you know the uh, Ipswich, Rochdale, Oxford games, the three games as a block. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and he will probably refresh his team amongst those three games um, rather than this weekend after having a full week um, of training that that's my impression but yeah well I, I agree might do that but I think you should continue to do that for the remainder of the season and keep freshening it up and, and rotate rather than keep a set rather than just keep that well that's the problem. That's the, that's the that's the central dilemma. Well, you don't have to, you don't do have you to make you don't have to make five changes every week. You can make two no. or three. You yeah. know, but you, then you're not keeping a settled team, are you? You're, you're <clears> changing a settled team. But they've only got one plan, so they should be well drilled in it. Uh huh. So it's not going to make much of a difference uh-huh. in terms of unset unsettling or settling. It, it's going to be if they've only got one idea, which is clearly what the that is it plan A, and that is it. Then they should be able to execute it, and they should know what the job is. Um, but then you're into change for change's sake. If you if you if you're looking at that's not changes for change's sake. It's it's you know if you got a winning taking team, somebody why out. do you change it? But he, to he, the next he game. took Oster, he's binned Oster completely after he's kept. You know there was clean sheets before. But that's the, the exception before. that proves the rule. Look at all the games before that when you when that hadn't happened. Yeah. You know that. that well, we'd we kept more clean sheets with Oster again, and then he dropped him, and then two games later we go to Portsmouth and get. 
get beaten 2 0. So, remember, we're playing because we'll, we'll, Osberg, we Skywin, beat, and there are a few who might say, Well, yeah. come on, like, and we beat Tramme, it would be Tramme on the Wednesday, and you know, they were one of the worst teams in the league who lost to Bolton at the weekend. So, it's not like we battered them or anything, you know. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that dropping somebody's reflective on their ability, and it's like, well, you drop because you're rubbish. It, it should be more. It's a squad. I'm going to take you out for this one, but you'll be needed in the next couple of games. You'll be coming back in, and every, if everyone knows that and they're ready and they understand the job, it's not changes for changes' sake. It's just utilizing the players you've got to maximize your opportunity, winning results, get winning games, and getting results. But I think I think every manager bemoans the fact that they have to make lots of changes from game to game they all want a settled team they all you know as settled as far as as far as possible they all want to be able to name a settled team and it's no coincidence that Sunderland's best spell of this season has come when they've had a settled team in my opinion mm-hmm. it's yeah. fair enough yeah that is fair enough uh, are people what's people's um, quick conclusions on the on the transfer window was there a significant investment after all the short term contracts aren't there these ones there's no significant investment, is there? I mean, I think that's... Um... Why see it then? That's the issue people have, isn't it? Because it's not always about throwing money. Right? Look at Will Grigg last year. Yeah. It's not. It doesn't always work, and you should be trying to sign the right kind of players who are hungry to get in the team. And sometimes that will mean six-month contracts or year contracts of players you get for free and players you pick up for relatively cheap, certainly when you're in League One. But don't tell the fans to wait until January where there's going to be significant investment. Just don't see it sometimes. I th- I don't know, put it in a bloody statement. You look at some of the um, you look at some of the players that come in. I mean, Scowen has signed on a short term contract till the end end of the season. But you know, is there a uh, an option in there to to extend? It wouldn't surprise me if if there is. If if all parties are are agreeable, um, Lafferty again short term deal till the end of the season, and then they'll they'll take a look at it. The loans um, again. We don't know yet whether whether there's any clauses, any any details, and there. there's not been the opportunity to to really go into these in detail. Um, there was no um, pre-match press conference ahead of the Portsmouth game, so around the end of the, the transfer window, there was just the post-match at Portsmouth, which is never a great time to uh, to ask those kind of questions. So we'll probably get or we'll be able to get answers to those questions. I, w- I would think on yeah. Thursday, which is when it's likely to be ready for Thursday's podcast. Uh, Danny Collins is going to be with us at the weekend before the Ipswich game. We're going to be along uh, back at the Peacock, aren't we? Absolutely. Uh, where you get 10% off your drinks if you're season ticket or if you have a match ticket, I think. Um, another 10% discount if you go online and buy yourself some gear from From the yeah, Terraces. From the Terraces, yeah. Wear yeah. that because it's cold outside now. Yeah, WMS 10 if you go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and get yourself something there. Follow them Let's on say social media, spot. Terraces From. Let's say many we're going to spot in the crowd. Are you going to wear yours? Saturday. I, t- I often wear for the match, yeah. I do as well. So we're going to look like so. idiots, aren't we? Like wearing together. <laughs> we would say I might not. I, I'm not as long as you don't wear the same one, yeah, it's fine. I'll not commit like to we're it. Like uniform. I'll not commit to it. I'll be wearing mine. So but I'm I endorse it heavily. Yeah, heavy and deep endorsement. Yeah. And also you can um, get yourself along to the Phantom Brewing Company in Reading. You need Reading. to mention the Ham and Peace Pudding Stotties. Oh yeah, Ham and, move, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. Ham and Peace Pudding Stotties at the uh, at the Peacock. To be, to be handmade. Free. Personally by uh, one by, of Sunderland's famous rock stars. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be doing... If you come at you and say, I've eaten a, a Ham and Peace Pudding um, Stottie made by Barry Hyde. Mm. I mean, you know... 
Is that a reason that not what what are you doing if you're not coming to eat a ham and peas pudding? If, you, know, if you go for no other high. reason, that's yeah, right. absolutely, definitely. Yeah, hams of love. Oh no! I'm not trying to think of a thing. <laughs> Give peas a chance. No, no that, well, they, they don't sing that one, do they? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that and Phantom Brewing Co. Before the Reading Gate, Reading game in Reading before the Oxford game. Decent um, peas and pies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that works. I like it. Um, yeah, so come to Phantom Brewing Club. Tickets are available online through wisemansay.co.uk. Join us, Tom White from Sky Sports News and Super Kevin Phillips for a chat before the game. Um, tickets prices include transport to and from the Kassam Stadium from the brewery in Reading. It's about 15 quid, I think. Um, there'll be beer being brewed in collaboration with Vox and Phantom Brewing as well on the, on the day that'll be on sale. So... I think there's going to be like a food van outside as well. I looked online and it says that it's like a Canadian food van. So they're doing poutine. So I texted the guy and said it's like perfect in it because it's a Canadian cheesy chips in it. Essentially, cheese on chips with gravy. Okay. So, you know, I think that's going to be there as well. So, has been say brought to you in association not, with MasterChef. It's not being made by Barry Hyde, the, the poutine, I don't think, but you know. You know, come and come and you know get eat some with Kevin Phillips. Yeah. Come along and see us on Saturday, though, because uh, definitely yeah. we've had a bit of a break from doing this, and we moved on to other things momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Thanks for listening. <laughs>